0: Not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood hey everybody uh coming back to you for another episode of rules of the arena my name is gordon i am here in the blind ninja studios uh this episode and all future episodes as far as i know will be brought to you by them you can check them out at blind ninja find them at facebook at blind ninja studios back slash blind ninja studios and twitter at blind ninja uh, you can find this podcast and several others such as homebrew bound and department of offense and a handful of others We're coming to you today with Ben Finley. Uh, He runs his own woodworking shop called Duck Hill Workshop, uh, talking to him about this crazy stuff that he does, like buying a six-foot chainsaw (laughs) to cut down a single tree and other weird, cool stuff that he does. So welcome him. Uh, Thanks for listening. And here we
1: go. All right. How's it going, Ben? It's fantastic. It's good. Back from Christmas vacation. Got a weekend. Got a weekend. Uh-oh. You're going to talk into the microphone. You'd think I'd know how to do that. (laughs) Uh, Rookies. I'm usually behind the sound console uh, at my day job, so being in front of the microphone is weird. I don't live on stage. But, uh, yeah, I did. I did buy a big chainsaw. Yeah, and w- which I thought I was really cool because I
0: had my <laughs> 80cc 20-inch bar, right, you know, Tim Allen uh, and Home Improvement, and then all of a sudden here's this monstrosity, what, what did you say, 120? It's a 121cc. CC, cc a- chainsaw, and it just makes a black walnut in my backyard that I fought with over two winners with, <laughs> and three different saws look like
1: butter. Like, what the hell is this? It did. It went through like, yeah, like a hot knife through butter. Um... Yeah, it's been really fun. Actually, over over Christmas, um, <clears throat> we finally my my friend Glenn and I finally started milling that gigantic silver maple. Yeah, I saw
0: a couple of pictures.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you? Do you have what you're going to make out of that, or just no? <laughs> <laughs> just uh, whatever comes up. <laughs> yeah, the important part was to get it um, get it out of my my coworker's yard and into some place where we could do something with it. Sure. Um, so, but it was fun. You know, we spent like the two coldest days of the week of after Christmas cutting trees. Um I think the actually the second day was <clears throat> colder. It was like minus eighteen or something. That's balmy. It was fantastic. <laughs> I was out in it for like nine hours. <clears throat> um and we finally we milled up uh five of the logs, which is a small dent. Like I think we brought home probably ten thousand board feet Jesus. Uh, of logs. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like three twelve thousand pound trailers, <laughs> um, and yeah, we had we had some fun with that. Um, slabbed up like three pallets. We were cutting three inch thick slabs. Um, turned up not a lot of figure in the wood, but it's really gorgeous, um, really nice blonde uh, wood with uh, a little bit of spalting in it that we found so far. We opened up the biggest the biggest log we opened up. Um, is only six feet long. Uh, at about forty inches wide, <clears throat> so we wanted to you know justify having the big bar out. Right. <laughs> but the biggest the biggest chunks are are like eight to ten feet and fifty two to fifty five inches wide. So sure. that'll that'll justify the sixty inch chain, um, which is an absolute. Can we swear? Can we? Uh, yeah. Totally cool yeah. with that. Yeah. Right. Speak. An absolute bitch to sharpen. <laughs> <laughs> I spent all day. Uh, so we were we were milling. Uh, What like Wednesday and Saturday, and I spent all day Sunday sharpening twenty-four feet of chain, (laughs) you know, by hand, which is dumb. And I promptly ordered uh, an electric grinder (laughs) to finish the job like this.
0: So uh, so how do you get started into woodworking? Well, how di- how did Duck Hill Workshop come about? Did you just wake up one day and go, I want to be a lumberjack? Or uh, was it kind of progressive?
1: Well, you know, I started growing a beard when I was 21. <laughs> um, I'm 31 now, so it's a decade that I haven't seen my chin. Uh, and I think it just started growing in. Like, it stopped growing out at a certain right. point. And it starts growing in. Um, and that just eventually rewires your brain. And you're like, I just need to cut trees down. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, actually... Uh, I, I Before I came to River Falls, because what our listeners don't know is that Cord and I went to school together. Um, before I came to River Falls, I went to a small private art school in, this, in the Twin Cities, uh, the College of Visual Arts, that's since collapsed, unfortunately, um, as a wooden metal sculpture major. Um, so it's always really, I was into wood. I've always been into wood. I just, um, I got interested in class. I dropped out of school. I went to River Falls to blow glass and then play rugby and then become a sound engineer, and then do all kinds of weird other shit. Sure. Um, And after graduating, I found myself working down at UW-Platteville as a a production coordinator. Um, And after a couple years of that, I was kind of like, I'm making enough money to justify buying my own table saw. I was living in a, a rented farmhouse that had a basement that was not finished and flooded frequently. I'm like, this is a perfect place to build a wood shop. Like, the humidity's off the roof, uh, it's dank, the f- ceiling's at, you know, like, six feet four inches, and I'm six foot two, so it's a lot of fun. Um, couldn't fit a full uh, four-by-eight sheet of plywood down the stairs, had to cut them down to six <laughs> feet outside, and then walk them down the stairs, so that was cool, Um and then getting a 300-pound table saw down the stairs. Um, <laughs> which I don't
0: know what was more cool, to watch your posts about you <laughs> fighting that table or the stuff that you were making out of it.
1: It took my roommate and I two days. It spent, it spent an afternoon uh, lodged against the wall in the stairs. It <laughs> might have put a hole in the drywall, in which two of my roommate, myself, and my other roommate uh, left, moved out, and our third roommate is still there. So when he gets to get the damage deposit back... <laughs> Sorry about that Dominic. Um <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun. We finally we got it downstairs after realizing that the table saw was bolted to the pallet. Good thing to know. <laughs> Check that first. Um and then yeah, we set up. I built a, you know, a work table and and had it. It was actually nice. It had a lot of floor space in in that sense. It was open. Yes, it was sh- it was short and it was dark. Um but it was it was a lot of fun it had some character to it. Um, and I just kind of... I bought a table saw. I started picking up some other tools here and there. Um, my my fiancé got me a, a nice DeWalt sliding miter saw for my birthday. So it just, like, it slowly is just accumulated. Um, and at this point, I've probably bought more tools than made things with them. <laughs> um, and then I moved. I came up here. I came back to River Falls. Uh, I got a job up here at the university and... Um, I wasn't. I had no idea what I was gonna do. I didn't know. I'm like shit. I've I've spent two years putting my shop together, like a year and a half. Now we got to pack it up in two weeks. I don't know where it's gonna go. Um, <clears throat> and so I put it all in storage. Um, I rented a shitty apartment here for a while, um, and was kind of looking, looking for a shop to rent. I'm like, Ugh. shop space is expensive. <laughs> Everyone wants to rent you, like, 8,000 square feet of industrial space, and you're like, I just need, like, 600. It would be great. You know, you pay utilities. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, but, so eventually, um, after a little while, my parents were kind of, they offered to let me open it. If I cleaned out their garage, you know, this is, like, kind of a quid pro quo (laughs) thing going on. Like, you do something for us, and we'll let you do this. Um... So I did, I helped clean and organize their garage And built the workshop And, and it's it's coming along So that was um, That happened over winter break Last year So 2016 um, I spent probably a week and a half And almost $2,000 <laughs> Just going balls to the wall Trying to put everything together Trying to build tables Trying to build workspace um, I built that massive 4x8 uh, Outfeed table and workbench and then a, a rolling portable miter saw stand, um, and <clears throat> in a week I got a crazy finish. I had this hard deadline of of uh, Megan's cousin's wedding on the on New Year's, so I had this hard deadline. And I was just going crazy trying to get everything <laughs> done, um, and it was just it was fun, you know, kind of. And then this past Christmas, um, just to be home and spend some time in the shop, even though I didn't do any of the things I was supposed to do. Um, it it was just nice to take sit back and take stock of of what's been accomplished in the organization and and where it's at right now um and i'm finally at a point where i have most it's never going to be done <laughs> right um, is it ever done <laughs> jesus uh, but it's at a point where it's it's functional now you know doing it on weekends and and maybe the odd week night um going going to the shop um it's fine. I'm not working on the shop anymore. Now I, I can start get to making start things. doing the
0: projects. Yeah,
1: which <clears throat> the fi- two final steps are starting to mill this lumber, um, all these crazy logs, so I can figure out what the hell I'm going to do with three-inch thick slabs of maple, um, and then hauling the rest of my lumber that's been sitting in cold storage here in River Falls. <laughs> um, so I just I, I cleared that out of my storage unit yesterday, and it's sitting in my garage waiting to take a trip home. So that's kind of, that's where we're at. Um, I've got a ton of projects. Um, if we're... Right now, I was just trying to figure out how to, how to make them, how to get time to make them all. Because, um, you know, trying to do it on top of a day job. Oh, that's what coffee's for. Right? Oh, <laughs> Coffee, an hour drive to the shop, whatever amount of setup time, <laughs> drive back. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's posed an interesting challenge, but I finally think I've I've got on a plan to dedicate weekends and really stick to it. Um, well, I was supposed to uh, I was supposed to go home this weekend and spend shop time, but my entire family is throwing up, so I decided not to.
0: Yeah, valid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Why well, you don't like being sick? Come on, it's great. Uh-uh. No thanks. No, <laughs> it's like every every two to three years, well, every. Two Years, something I catch something that does its best effort to kill me, mm-hmm. and it skipped two years. So, to make up for it, normally instead <laughs> of my two week window of death, I got six weeks this Ooh, year. Yeah, and it came down. I was at a Badger party in Madison, we we're going to the Badger game against Nor- uh, Northwestern, yeah, Northwestern. All right, and I f- woke up at seven o'clock in the morning to tailgate with a head gold. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Run it out with liquor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we tried to. didn't Didn't work out too well. <laughs> now you've got a head cold and a hangover. <laughs> head cold, hangover, that and turned into an upper respiratory and then f- uh, sinus infection on top of that. Uh-oh. It's just grand old
1: time. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, that sounds awful. I caught it. I caught something similar, like right after Thanksgiving. And, which I was grateful for. I was grateful to get it then. Of, of the time, because of what I do for work, like rolling into after Thanksgiving break to um, like December 22nd is insanity for us because we're trying to get – everyone's trying to finish up their end-of-year celebratory, celebratory banquets um, and we're preparing for commencement on campus. So it's just this massive amount of work. <clears throat> and if I can get sick before that really starts and get over it, that's awesome. <laughs> You know, as opposed to trying to run commencement with, like, a 104-degree fever, like, I think my first commencement in Platteville, I was running a 103 temp.
0: <laughs> Is that all?
1: Is that all? <laughs> Yeah, no big deal. They're like, partially delirious. I don't really know if I was there or not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but other than that, I don't know. What's, what, what do you want to talk about?
0: Uh, anything, you want really. About? Uh, well, I watched you originally when you are down in Platteville when you oh, put yeah. together your workshop. You are putting a few little things, but it seemed like, together mm-hmm. down there. Like you said, in the your oh, crawl yeah, space yeah, yeah. of yep. a workshop,
1: <laughs> it was you know it was an interesting place.
0: Oh well, where can people find you on Instagram? Oh
1: sure, yeah, uh, the Instagram is live. It's uh, I should know these things. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: We're very prepared here at right, uh, yep. especially at the arena.
1: It is it is the Duck Hill Workshop uh, on Instagram, just all one word. Um, and technically, it'll show you that I have a website. It's not live yet. Um, and it might even tell you that I have a Facebook And it's also not live <laughs> the Facebook should be up in Sometime this week uh, And then I can Start dedicating some time to uh, The website which will eventually be Duckillworkshop.com
0: And are you going to be taking commission pieces through there Or are you just going to have a set Here's what I'm doing
1: You know I, I don't know yet I really don't um, I've done The stuff that I've done so far Uh I did some commission stuff for a barbershop, Barbershop Rock down in Platteville, so shout out to Lisa and Allison and Rachel and the rest of the crew down there, they're fantastic. Um, But it started out as just like a simple side conversation uh, while I was getting my hair cut and turned into this big project and I think um, the last time I talked to Lisa she was asking me if I wanted to make some more cabinets for her, Um, and I do, I just need to get like these eight tables out of the way first. Um It's no big deal There's more work than I know what to do with um, And then Right now I'm in a partnership um, with, with Glenn Switzer uh, Over at the Gardens of Castle Rock um, He's also my partner in crime With all these this slabbing Shenanigans um, He runs the Gardens of Castle Rock Is this awesome um, Landscaping nursery Turned outdoor wedding venue sure. Absolutely gorgeous um, and we've done some crazy stuff He's the one that we, we started he, he and I started this conversation with chainsaw milling Two Three years ago um, When he was Hell bent on hand hewing um, Pine timbers For this big outdoor pavilion um, And After doing one I helped him with one I, I wanted to do more but just My work schedule didn't line up um and it's a lot of fucking work. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't tell you like what the that's it's an it's fun, it's rewarding, but it's abusive. Uh, yeah, no, I
0: I just cut down jack pines that have died in my yard over yeah. the last 8 9 years trying to get those out of there and that's bad enough and all I'm doing is splitting them to throw them in a fire pit let alone right actually hand,
1: milling everything down uh-huh. with axes and fun. yeah. It's <laughs> it's a good time. Um yeah, and and Glenn and and Daniel uh, they pulled like eight more logs. anyways so we had this conversation after after doing that for a day. I'm like there's got to be a way uh to to still get the hand-hewn um uh, look on the timbers uh but to get the waste off um as we were talking about the chainsaw mills and it didn't come to fruition. We're just we're going to spend a year <laughs> chopping away at these uh logs with um, with with broad axes, which was pretty cool. I mean, not going to lie about that, but <laughs> <clears throat> every time you swing an axe towards your foot, a like, part of you is like, this is wrong. <laughs> um, and so that started that conversation and then we've just kept kind of going full, I don't know if it's even full circle or just further down the rabbit hole um, that we've ended up making... Um, these slab tables um, which will eventually uh, the tabletops that we're doing right now are um, Glenn reclaimed a bunch of f- fir pine um, from a granary that was built on his uncle's property I think uh, in like 1880 <clears throat> it's all still rough sawn it's got the saw marks in it it's all like true, true. two inches thick and, and it's It's gorgeous wood and it's super dry And when I was cutting it for this our first table um, It smells amazing It's like 150, 180 years old And it still just smells phenomenal um, And cuts like a dream Because it's so dry Um, So we we rolled out I I did one tabletop for him um, And now we're going to do We're going to crank out three more of these We've got a couple more coming Um, He's got some some marketing wizardry up his sleeve for those (laughs) um and but i've just got to find time to make them uh i think next week we're gonna go pick up the wood um and i'll start throwing them together um so we'll see how how it balances out the trick is balancing it with the day job
0: yeah uh, i know that's what i do here with arena. right uh (laughs) Been working a day job, or well, multiple day jobs all my life, and then I just, you know, just for kicks and giggles, let's throw my own project on top. I'll do that's something he, else. You know, I was sleeping too much at night, so <laughs> I wanted to throw something in. <laughs> yeah, four hours. Four hours is a real
1: bitch. You get it down to like two and a half. Um, and I
0: remember back originally uh, when I we found each other on Facebook. I can't mm-hmm. remember how that happened. Shortly after rugby, uh, but you're making axes back in the day. It's true. I and I that. messaged you. And it only took about four years after that <laughs> message. <laughs> but I finally remembered one day, uh, because I was actually going through uh, Clean Out the Shed, my, parent, my dad's man shed, as he calls it, mm-hmm. uh, and he still has his dad's axe, and that made my brain click, oh, right, I was going to ask for an axe. <laughs> and I now have, just for the pure sake of hanging on my wall, a sweet engraved double bit axe. That's true. That's a pretty cool one. And I, I enjoy the hell out of, and people will come in. Why do you have that? Why not? Because I want to. He <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> who dies with the most toys wins.
1: Absolutely. We'll see who I'll, I will challenge you to that race. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, no, that was fun. I love. I started doing that. Uh, so after I graduated, uh, I moved to California because uh, my brother lives out there for a mm, nine-month extended holiday until I ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> And then I came back and lived with my parents uh, for a couple months before I found real work. Uh, but there was a point. There was like three and a half months where I'm like, I have no work. I don't have anything to do. I don't know what's going on. And I was like 20, what was I, 25 and had no idea what I was doing with life. Um, and my, my parents had had a bunch of trees taken down. And so I had nothing but time on my hands, so I split it by hand. Um, I bought a nice uh, Gransfors mall and somehow doing the research to find that and led me down again the rabbit hole of buying axes on eBay and Etsy and thrift stores just buy heads cut the old handle off you know, three four five bucks whatever Order handles and start to hang them because again, I had nothing to do Who um, <clears throat> do I still I still have I've sold a couple um, But I've probably got a dozen Sitting in the workshop. So if anybody wants an axe, actually I do.
0: Um, <laughs> I, it's probably pushing next to a hundred years old. Oh, oh. It needs to be cleaned up and rehung, but sure, because it's easy. still on the original sh- half of the original <laughs> shaft.
1: Right? It's like split and wrapped yeah. in electrical tape. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're my favorite. Um, yeah, no, it's it's fun. I'm I'm game for that. Well, excuse me. Um, and. So it is, it's fun, it's just something good to do, sit in the garage for a couple hours a night and sand and file and fit ax heads and cut them up and get them all polished up. And you do the research, some, sometimes, you know, they're just, it's just a an ax head. Um, but some of them have these just awesome makers marks, makers stamps on them, they're super gorgeous. and. Of course, like anything, you know, that went from being sold at garage sales for five, six bucks, whatever, and everyone's now like, oh, look, I've got this thing. It's $100. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not going to pay $100 for your fancy axe head. <clears throat> like It's just no. <laughs> um, but people do, and that's neat. Um, I'll stick to the $3, 4 $5 ones, you know, plum axes. I've got a really cool, my favorite one right now, um, which I need to, I need to re-wedge because the, the wedge is worked its way out um, over time um it's a it's a craftsman axe it's four and a half pounds so it's heavier than than most traditional axe heads and it is it's massive it's not really it's not a maul by any means but it's a four and a half pound just monster and um one of the things i did it's on a, it's on a standard uh Right, you know, whatever you would think of it, just a regular axe handle, it's oval and smooth and normal. Um, but I stained it like this purple cherry color, and with that big honking thing on top of it, it just looks awesome because it's really, really beefy. <laughs> um, unlike some of the other, some of my other uh favorite ones which I've got on, um, I actually started having when I order them, when I order the handles, I have them uh bandsaw cut, uh, octagonal. Which <clears throat> I don't know. For me, everyone you know, you like a, a smooth profile to your to your axe. I really like the angular. Once you sand them and take kind of the edge off, right. but I like the angle um, of the octagonal shafts um, for for grip. Just gives you something more to hold on to. Sure. Um, See, and I've used a handful of
0: different axes because me and my buddies, uh, we so to. like I mentioned, I have a bunch of jack pines have died where I live. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. About four acres. Uh, my roommate, uh, well, Kevin, you met him. Mm-hmm. His grandparents originally, it was a one-room one schoolhouse his grandma went to there, and they ended up buying it, turning it into a house, and there's four acres of land, and there's easily 100, 120-odd jackpines have died over the years, but mm-hmm. be, prior to me getting a chainsaw, we'd take everything on with an axe, oh. and after <laughs> we chewed through... Four axes, wood handle axes in the summer. Mm-hmm. His dad comes home, he goes, Here, I picked this one up, it said unbreakable, and it's a carbon fiber <laughs> handle. And I go, what do You mean it's break resistant? <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, the the top where it, you know, is the head mm-hmm. is sealed in on top is starting to shatter nice. and it's That's starting good. to come loose and bend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I should probably find something like, you know, a chainsaw. What do these run for? Yeah. And, uh, Yeah, that, God, that saves a lot of time. It does. With the exception of that stupid black walnut, which I took out (laughs) my first (laughs) chainsaw, a little 50cc, and took it out there. I'm like, oh, it's a good half hour. That's Mm -hmm. all it's going to take. Middle of December, day after Christmas, cold as hell. Hour 45 minutes later, I am halfway (laughs) through this stupid tree, cursing and screaming the whole thing. Finally get to drop and fall backwards and you know, I'm done. I'm going inside and it sat there for a year, <laughs> year and a half until you came out because I was still pissed off at it every
1: time I walked outside. <laughs> uh yeah, you didn't do yourself any favor with that. The old the when when a tree dies as as it loses moisture content, it just starts to like solidify. Something about it, that's why um why uh uh timber's easier to cut in the in the winter, especially with an axe. Sure. Or split in the winter when it's frozen, you get the hydraulic leverage. Um, But you, the the water in the wood fiber um, keeps everything kind of pliable, helps make it easier to cut. Um, When you lose that, when that's all gone, when it, when it really, and there's two types of water in the um, in a tree. Uh, There's there's the loose, the unbound water that's like flows through all the little veins and stuff that are in and then there's the bound water which is actually what's in the um, the walls of the cell fiber um, sure. of the tree or something like that and it's the bound water <clears throat> and that's what you'll see like if you wanted to go to the, the hardware store or, or like Menards or Home Depot you know big box store and buy lumber two by fours um, most of that has just been they might even they might say that it's kiln dried um, and what they've done is they've brought it down they might do it they might even dry it as a tree um but they'll kiln dry it and burn off that initial water the 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 unbound water but it's still got the moisture content for the bound water in it so then over time you're like oh hey this is great kiln dried lumber and you take it home and all of a sudden it does some weird bend or bow or check or something because it's still got the rest of that moisture and it's not truly down it hasn't been dried it's probably like twelve percent moisture, as opposed to taking it all the way down to six or seven. Sure. Um,
0: yeah, and when I was cutting that tree, I actually couldn't get through the core because yeah. when we, we I cut one side and I cut the wedge out. And, and, well, the reason I started after this tree is because it's starting to lean towards the septa tank. Uh-huh. And my parents told me how much it cost them to replace it back in <laughs> 1980, whatever. It's like, no, we're not dealing with this. So I decided I'm going to cut it down. And I got to the core and it would not go any farther. So mm-hmm. I cut the wedge out on the other side. I came at the other side and it would not fall. I'm like, <laughs> oh, fine. So I just start pushing on it until mm-hmm. finally it cracks. Well, when it did, the, the entire core was completely solid frozen. Yep. Like,
1: oh Mm,
0: mm, mm, mm. That's why (laughs) That'll do it
1: Uh, Yeah uh, Where was I going Oh it makes Yeah As wood dies and it dries Especially when it dries In a tree um, Like it gets harder Uh, And I learned this lesson With the the big slab That I was doing Just last week Two weeks ago Um, Everything was cutting beautifully My my chain was sharp And of course At the end of the day I decided to take on The big chain Or the big log um, So my chain's not sharp Um, But This little six foot little little six foot uh, log took me more time and I didn't even finish it I still I can probably pull three more slabs out of it yet um, but even with the the steel 880 you know a, a dirt bike motor's worth of eight horsepower behind it, um, <laughs> it it was having a hard time going through this log because it just didn't it was so dry and so hard as maple um, that it didn't want to cut And this particular section I know had been, um, that part of the tree had fallen probably two years ago. Um, So it's been sitting down and cut and dried out, which hopefully means I can use it sooner. (laughs) I don't have to wait the three years to let it air dry. So. uh,
0: Yeah, we're going on year three of this black walnut staring at me every time I have to go out to my car. And I still just don't want to deal with it. No. What are uh, you going to do with it? I want to take some of the branches, like mm-hmm. the 6 to 8 inch ones, mm-hmm. and want to slab them up and turn them into cigar ashtrays. Ooh, and cool. I think some of them I'm going to clean the bark off. The other <clears> ones I'm <throat> going to bowl out and leave the bark on and just seal them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a buddy of mine used to work at his own job over in Minneapolis. Uh, he's now working for Minneapolis Make. You ever okay. saw them. Mm-hmm. and i follow them on instagram they put up a lot of cool stuff and actually there's just a picture of him recently because he decided to see if he could cut his thumb off with some <laughs> sort of machinery <laughs> or another uh, later but you know get over there or you know for my full-time job i sell enough coatings that i could find some to seal that wood up and keep everything intact mm-hmm. and just kind of have that more natural tree look to it nice but uh, that's down the road mm-hmm. uh when I'm not as pissed off at the tree. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. The other okay. option is to try to hack off the limbs with an axe, which I also don't want to do to a 70 some odd year old. So I think it's pushing 75 year old black walnut.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we'll see. You know, it's on the docket right now. I know a guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to over <clears throat> have I will travel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I'd do that uh, possibly this summer. Right now it's just too cold and it's all buried under snow. I don't care to move. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. That happens.
1: Um, yeah, no, we, we'll dedicate a weekend. We'll come out. And we'll yeah. Set that up and make it fun. Um, I don't know, Do you need more In beer? Action. I need more beer. Sure. I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take my headphones off. <clears throat> this is dangerous.
0: And we're going. Sorry, we took a slight break there. I needed more beer. <laughs> Glass had a hole in it at the bottom for some it, it, reason.
1: I don't know. I think it's at the top and goes uh, right in my mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we, we digressed a little bit there into uh, this black walnut tree, which I have a love hate relationship. I, it, it looks like gorgeous wood even when we cut it down, but I, it's just a pain in the neck to work with. You're going to you love know. it when we slab it. Yes. It's going to be gorgeous. And, until then, I'm still bitter. <clears throat> That's fair. I understand. It's that. not like the jackpines where I can
1: just kind of look at them and they start to fall over. No, that's true. We're dealing with a, a solid, that's a good tree. Um, but as a business owner, <laughs> what's it like running your
0: uh, wood shop?
1: Uh, well, that's what we're we're making the transition, and mostly it's me being like, I'm investing in my wood shop with my credit card. Uh <laughs> Uh, I have yet to To make it an official business um, I gotta figure out uh, I gotta make money with it first I gotta kind of do that And then we'll f- figure out How to How to do all the fun Like taxes and government sh- Or just keep it under the table That's right. fine with me <clears throat> um, That's what uh, Actually my My fiance and I Have been working um, On recovering My financial situation From my California dalliance uh, <laughs> That we were talking about um, And <laughs> When you move, this is like till our luck or money runs out was kind of my, my strategy, and it took me nine months to run out of both. that uh, oh, happen. And I'm still paying for it, uh, which is fine. Um. <laughs> I, I know how that goes. I
0: had to paint my own painting business go belly up on me. Yeah. And it took 19 months to pay off everything on the book, mm-hmm. but I, you know, recovery time. Yeah. You could argue that I've recovered technically. I mean, not living at home, so that's a plus.
1: That is a plus. I, I'm oh. financially independent. That,
0: yes, I there's think. a
1: lot to be said. For <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, the nice thing, the, the benefit for me is that I have a, a very supporting partner, um, and we're slowly digging uh, our way out of my financial indiscretions. And we're on a, I think, it's pretty solid two year plan um, <clears throat> to be at a point financially where I can quit my job my My main job and and start doing uh the work the the wood shop full time um or at least mostly full time um i don't I don't expect that I'll ever be able to get away from running a side job or, or running you know something part time um <clears throat> to to buy something some new tool like if I have to deliver pizzas or something for c six months to save for a new lathe or something i'll I'll figure that out. Um, but if I can, if I can get to a point where I don't have to go to a job that, um, and I'm gonna say this like I love, I love what I do right now, uh, full time. It's fun. I work with students. I work with uh, just amazing equipment, um, and tons and we do like, like all said and done, we do 2,500 events a year, Jesus, um, which is insane. It takes. The problem with it, though, is that it takes a lot of my creative energy and a lot of my just, like, physical energy to, to run that and coordinate that and organize it all. Um, that I don't have a lot left over to do my own stuff. Um, and that's what I really want to get away from. <coughs> um, and that's what I always thought was so shitty. Uh, I worked a lot of odd jobs as a, as a teenager, as a younger, like in my early 20s, um, working in factories and, and whatever. And they're mindless jobs And you just spend the whole time You're bored And you you just start working (laughs) through uh, These other projects The thing you're going to do When you go home Um, Or you know You calculate how much money You're making every second Uh, (laughs) (laughs) when you get to that point you're like man like I need to do something that I like I want to do what I love for work and then you get tied to a paycheck and a certain kind of lifestyle and then you need to maintain that thing for a life you know you need to maintain that job for to maintain your lifestyle and it's slowly starting to kind of take a good left turn and and get my lifestyle to a point where I can not need a a real Salary job, um, I think that's the biggest challenge right now, and and I want to segue that a little bit. Um, have you seen the Darkest Hour yet, the Winston Churchill biopic? No, not it's yet. I good. want to. Megan and I saw it last night. It's awesome. It's Something a movie. Awesome. It's it's a movie. So of course right. it's sensationalized a little bit, um, and there's some. Most of it is true, uh, and Gary Oldman does an amazing job. Holy crap, how you turn Gary Oldman into Winston Churchill? <laughs> I, I don't want to know what that process was, uh, but he he knocks it out of the park. Um, and, of course, Churchill is just like this, this gold mine of inspirational quotations. Y- yeah, yes. <clears throat> but they close the film um, with uh, a big script block of, let's see, I have to, I saved it. My hat hitting the microphone. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. You know, like I spend a lot of time as a sound engineer trying to figure out, like, what the hell is that noise? And there it is. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just. Uh, <clears throat> as I'm looking for this, I'm going to. Nothing over. but professionals here. R- absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit. I don't know where I saved this picture or this quote. Um, and. Well, you look for
0: that. One of my favorite quotes by Churchill, and one that I stumbled across years ago, if you're going through hell, keep going. Mm -hmm. And this little reminder, especially when I was... I I actually... I didn't have a release date for the Arena website. I just knew that I wanted to release it sometime in 2017, and I was down here, uh, first time being on Blind Ninja Studios with Casey and the rest of the guys, and all of a sudden, my brain decided to shoot out. Yeah, June first, and the rest of me is going, "What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, sounds good. Yeah. I haven't prepped at all. Okay, we're we're going.
1: <laughs> you just got to do it. Yeah. Um, so where I was going you know, talking about finding this total segue from this while I pull this up. Um, finding weird noises. We just had a, <clears throat> a, a swing band or a swing dance. Uh, every year at the end of the semester, we do the, the River Falls Swing Band, um, and Dr. Mellon comes to the UC and they bring in, they usually bring in a guest and they always used to partner with the Swing Club and have this great dance. And the Swing Club's gone away, which is unfortunate, but we still had the event and we still had people come out and dance. It was a lot of fun. Um, and while we are doing sound check for the guest band, <clears throat> um, the, the River City Swing Band, uh, were, were phenomenal, um. But their drummer and their bassist are still on stage They're wrapped up, we were finished And all of a sudden we're getting this feedback This really low feedback We're like, where the hell is this coming from? And <clears throat> it was something weird Where we had built We'd built a tiered stage for them Because they were so big the, the university band's so big They're on the, the main stage And we built a second tiered stage For the for the River City guys And I'm, I'm still not convinced As to actually what it was <laughs> But it was something about the where the kick drum mic was and the the microphone, the pickup on the bass, um, that when the drummer would hit the kick drum, it would reverberate the stage they were on. And they would travel. I think it was something, It was the combination was probably two sources, but I think it was mostly going, the vibration was going to the bass and being picked up by the bass pickup. Um, and it was just this low frequency uh, feedback. I'm like... Driving me nuts. <clears throat> so we moved we moved some stuff. I repositioned the, the kick drum mic a little bit, realizing that uh, one of my students had said it, and I hadn't gone back and, and fine-tuned it a little bit, and it was like eight inches away from the, the <laughs> kick drum <laughs> um, and gained way to hell to, to accommodate that distance. Um, but So we, we, we fixed that. We turned the gain down and, and had to bring back in the um, – we brought in sandbags to weight the, the stage so it didn't vibrate. As much, Uh, and that uh, you know something in that process solved it. But it's just like that's always what the game is: is it's what is making that noise? (laughs) Like what is doing this? Uh, I mean, something. It's it's one of the hardest things to teach my students is to be like, it's making noise that shouldn't be there. Go find it. <laughs> um, all right, so back to this. Back to the, the quote that they end uh, Darkest Hour with. It's is a weird tangent. Tangents. Like, if I specialize in anything, it's tangents. Um, it's, it's success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. Um, and one, after... At the end of that movie, um, and when you're talking about Churchill as a person, um, like, that's really fitting. Um, and it, it just... <clears throat> when you finish that film it, it it carries so much like emotional impact um, that you're like oh god like, yeah absolutely this is impactful um, but when you think about it as a small business owner um, or as just a, a regular person trying to figure out life's challenges it's like man you feel you, you figure stuff out you get to the high and you're like yeah this is great this is awesome and then whatever happens and you're like shit everything sucks Um, I battle this all the time. Uh, My day job at the university is a perfect example, working with students because even if you hire one as a freshman and you take them all the way through till they graduate as a senior, they graduate and they go away and now you have to start over again. So you're like, yes, I have you right where I want you and then you leave. (laughs) And now I have to start back with someone new. So you're always riding this like peak and valley of success. And because new people come in and they bring their own uh, struggles and their own shortcomings and their own ignorance, you know, not for any fault of their own. They just they don't know what we do. That's fine. I have to teach you how to work microphones and things um, or set chairs in a straight line.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> we do a lot of that. Yeah, I've been on the performance <clears throat> side, you know, having two parents that taught band. And then being in bed subsequently from that, you know, I've always been the, the, you know, the performance end of things. And then it's like, oh, yeah, there's a guy that sits way up at the top of the auditorium with this magical board of wonderfulness <laughs> that makes things work. Yep. And so, you know, yep. coming down to Brian Ninja Studio, I go, what is this? What are you doing over there? Holy cow, there's all these buttons. What do they do? <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <coughs> in House Wizard of Oz. Yes, exactly. That's what it is. There's, there's there was that great YouTube video that I just saw, um, where like a producer and a sound engineer and the sound engineer's like frantically working at the sound console and they're listening to this great sound coming through and then it pans into the studio and the the uh, singers just like screeching. <clears throat> and, the, <laughs> and the furnace interrupts us <laughs> That'll happen. Oh, that's the water heater. That's all right. That's oh, deal. Um. Oh, the problem about tangents is you lose them, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: Incoming students. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Going, so, yep. so,
1: I mean, so you 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 just continue this this struggle, um, and then, which is kind of it's fun, but it wears you down. And and I'm in my. My fifth year of doing that, and I'm ready to tr- transition out to something else. Um, but it's the same. It, it's a good lesson to learn in kind of a safe, like, space with with coworkers that understand the process, and and you learn this, and then you can take that lesson of of shenanigans and apply it to to running a small business um, or starting a small business. So like, man, you're gonna you're gonna make something, and everyone's gonna love it. And you're going to make some money on it, <clears throat> and then you're going to lose your ass on something else. Um, or you're going to have to, someone's going to ask you to do a thing, and you're going to have to buy a new tool, and you're you know, you're know, going to be like, I'm going to lose a bun- bunch of money on this, because you can't tell a customer, like, hey, I need to buy a $4,000 tool to make your thing. <laughs> Please pay me for all of the other stuff, and then this $4,000 tool. Uh, It doesn't work that way, at least not yet. (laughs) Right? Someday, until you have your own TV show
0: on HGTV. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want that. You don't want that. Crank Uh, out a table in
1: two days. Blah. Pay somebody else to do it for me. (laughs) Put my name on it. Um. Yeah, no, that's kind of that's where it's at. It's very, it's very, um, it's very new. It's in, it's very much in its infancy. Um, I feel like I've gotten a lot of um a lot of hiccups out of the way i hope um through life and through my my day job um just kind of trying to figure that out um learning how to manage people so eventually like i might be able to hire people and and run an actual small workshop where it's not just me um but I'm looking forward I'm ready, I'm very much looking forward to taking the step into into doing this full time. Sure. Or mostly full time. Uh, so hopefully two years. Yeah, two I years. know last time we
0: talked well, grilling Bratz out back at your apartment, mm-hmm. you know, you said that you want to be <clears throat> completely independent doing this on you know, two, three years out. Yeah. And so I mean that's cool. I mean like, like I said, what go check him out, Duck Hill Workshop on Instagram. The stuff he's done he's doing is nuts to me. Uh, but like I said, I'm just a backyard lumberjack. <laughs> I, I I split the wood and it goes into a fire pit and, <laughs> I, and then it turns into fertilizer for the trees. A lot
1: a lot of what I have made so far also ends up in the fire pit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. We'll, we'll do another right. one. Um, the other thing, the other, aside from just making stuff, the other thing I have, I'm really passionate about is helping other... Um, other regular woodworkers not like Instagram celebrity woodworkers or YouTube celebrity woodworkers or HDTV celebrity woodworkers like whatever and they're super awesome shops that are sponsored by who knows what and but just regular people that are doing this in their garages like I really want to help them um be organized and be be streamlined and and be able to store all their stuff and not because how many I've watched this transpire with between my parents forever um how many dudes... Or, or ladies, I get. <clears throat> ladies can be fine woodworkers. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, how many people have a workshop just full of, of tools and shit and it's piled up and I understand when you're running a small business, time is money. And if you take time to clean and organize, if, if you don't start your shop that way, you are losing money, in a sense. Um... And I
0: tried to preach that with my full-time job. Yeah. My, if my, the stockroom's
1: organized, you spend less time looking, looking for something mm-hmm. and more time getting it out the front door. Absolutely. And I do, I do the same thing in my full-time job. Like, I, we spend a lot of time. I've got students um, labeling every single cable that we have by type and length because you'd be surprised. Not everybody can identify what type of cable it is by looking at it. Me. <laughs> what is it? It's got. Uh, does it plug into the outlet? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Hold the other end, stick it in your mouth, plug that in the outlet, see what <laughs> happens. Uh, <laughs> I know this is my phone charger. This is my laptop charger. Yeah,
0: well, my headphones are wireless because I got annoyed after I almost ripped my ear off when I got caught on a weight. <laughs> So, that's fair I shelled out money for wireless headphones and I lost them on a nice fishing trip <laughs> <laughs> so I had to come back two weeks later and buy new ones it's like dropping your
1: nice auger through the hole um, um, yeah so uh, so my other aside from just making stuff like I want to help people organize their workshops and, and come up with efficiencies in time that that help them be organized that help their spouse or their partner or whatever not be super agitated by the fact that their workshop space is a disaster all the time um and it, hopefully it helps everybody just you know it smooths out some of the domestic disputes it smooths out your your creativity process because you're not spending all your time looking for your tools and things um and so my hope is that i can do some of that thinking and and planning for other people I can almost hear my mom nodding in agreement when she listens to this. <laughs> but that's—I know—it it takes so much time and effort and energy to plan and to vision and and to to kind of s- figure out how everything fits in space. And somehow my mind works that way. Like I can look at a thing and be like, "It's going to go there," and this other thing's going to go there, and and yeah, it'll go on the wall, and we'll do a cool French. French cleat storage system, um, which I'm all about right now. I put a cool one up in my parents' garage, uh, which is my workshop. For those Um, of us, and again,
0: it is certainly not me that are completely clueless as to what a French whatever you just said is. Uh What is that?
1: A French cleat is a board with a 45 degree angle ripped in it, uh, screwed to a wall, and then whatever shelf bracket thing you want within an opposite 45 degree angle that then just hangs so it has all of because gravity and whatever the weight that it's holding keeps it in place on the wall, um, and you're just dealing with the sheer force of, of going straight down, though you know, gravity pulling a thing straight down. Um and there's a lot of like forty five degree angles and bracing and stuff but, in that that principle, um, depending on what you're making. Um But then when you decide to reorganize or you get a new tool or something, you just take it off the wall. You don't have to unscrew stuff. You're not punching holes aside from the initial hanging of the French cleat. Uh, You're not punching holes in the wall. You just take it off.
0: Yeah.
1: And you make a new thing. And you don't even have to like you really don't have to measure stuff. Um, There's a really great YouTuber. um, Her YouTube and her Instagram are Wilker Does or Wilker Do's. I'm not quite sure how to say that uh it's April Wilkerson <clears throat> um, and one she's one of these people that's and she's the first person that pops up in my I haven't been watching her Instagram <laughs> at all <clears throat> uh she's building a new shop in Texas and it's huge <laughs> <laughs> like it's a house um and and but she's got a great bit on on making french cleat storage system. and you just kind of measure off the tool you take the tool and you set it on a piece and you kind of like really, yeah it fits like that and you then you make a fort an angle and you put your 45 degree cleat on it and you hang it on the wall bam there it goes yeah. um and it's been really helpful uh and you can make them all kinds of stuff frank howorth um is another uh youtube instagram celebrity person who does he's also built an amazing shop by himself um but he's later in life, he's been like an architectural drafter or something, um, and I think he's now retired, and this is what he does. and It's awesome, and I'm jealous. Um, uh, sorry to interrupt. I got Casey over here next to me.
0: He's got this uh, April Wilkerson's uh, page pulled up, mm-hmm. and this, the stuff she's thrown together, it's like, I couldn't do that if you put a gun to my head. And just and I'm sure it's simple, some sort of barrel or another.
1: Oh, her her hand grenade uh stools and and yes. tables. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I haven't followed close enough to know like what the like the super inspiration behind that is, but yeah, she's done a lot of she's done them in wood and she's done them in metal. It's pretty neat. Um and she's bad. she's got a lot of stuff that she's got going on. Um,
0: and for those those of you that now, that for those of you listening that don't know me, uh, I have no creative or artistic ability in me whatsoever. <laughs> now you want me to take something down? Just give me a eight pound maul, and I'm your guy. Uh, so absolutely. when I see stuff like what Ben can do and what people like he's mentioning can do,
1: it's absolutely fascinating and exciting for me to see. It's super. Uh, it's fun, and it I understand like it, it's it 's difficult for me to to not to hear people say like i can't do a thing because if anything, having gone through art school and having like doing what I do, I know that you can teach a monkey to do what I do <laughs> like really like you can teach a monkey to paint, you can teach a monkey to draw, you can teach a monkey to, to put two pieces of wood together um, I have because people keep reminding me and I forget. That there is there is a gift <clears throat> that I'm grateful for, um, but the mechanical side of it is, is totally doable. Um, it's just practice. And I'm
0: sure I could. It's just <clears throat> I'm impatient <laughs> as the tree in my yard
1: for two years will tell you. <laughs> yes, I, and that's something that's something I've learned too as a as a aspiring woodworker as a newer as a young woodworker, um, and I, as uh, on a as a woodworker on a time crunch. I have to crank out three tables in a weekend. That's unrealistic. You know, maybe I'll get all the parts cut, right? Maybe I'll get one put together or partially put together. And then I've got to glue it and then I've got to sand it and then I've got to finish it. <clears throat> Slowing down. And this, I mean, this has been a struggle my whole life. I just want things to happen. Um, uh, but it's, it's interesting. Um, it's just, it's fun. Are, I mean, are you doing I mean, everything from so Like when you say finished, do you mean, are you coating them then mm-hmm. yourself? Yep. Everything. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I'm a huge believer, um, you know, finish, finish depends on what you're going to use it for. Um, I prefer like this table that we're sitting at is very nice and epoxied uh, and like my, my beer mug is not going to leave stains on it or, you know, any of that nonsense, which is fantastic. So this table serves its purpose. For me, though, like one, I'm just a super tactile person. I want to be able to feel the wood, so I'm a super believer in, in oil finishes. Um, or um, Varathane's got a Varathane, whatever, um, has a matte, uh, water based polyurethane that I really love. It's not super durable, it's not a great finish to like protect things. Um, so I wouldn't advise putting it in high wear places, but for something that you can buy from a big box store for relatively cheap, um, that's not an oil finish. Like it's really nice. Um, but again, like if you're making a bar or whatever, you've got to be realistic and you got to know what kind of abuse it's taking. Um, that being said, I have to Speaking of bars. There's a new bre- a, My hometown opened like three breweries in the last eight months. Where's uh, this at? Where Nor- Northfield, go? Minnesota? You should come down sometime. Yeah, come down to the shop. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they, within, like, a handful of months of each other, uh, Northfield opened Tansenwald and Imminent um, Brewing, Imminent's in the Old Town uh, Armory. It's beautiful. It's the biggest, it's probably the biggest of the three that opened Dundas, which is, like, Northfield's suburb. Um, and Glenn, who's the mayor of Dundas, might not like me saying that, but it's, it's true. <clears throat> um... And uh, they opened the Chapel Brewery, which their beer's phenomenal. It's a really, it's a really nice, small um, uh, tavern. And I think they're actually, they're billing as being like Minnesota's oldest tap house, which is kind of neat. Or, you know, a, a reiteration of Minnesota's oldest Great. tap house. Um, <clears throat> anyways, Imminent Brewing has this massive uh, L shaped live edge um, slab bar. And I don't know what they finished it with. And I want to know because it's a satin, but it's not... It's not... You can still feel the wood and everything? Yeah, you can feel it. It's it's really nice. It doesn't feel, you know, kind of epoxy or polyurethane. It doesn't feel so plastic. It's an
0: epoxy. And I wonder if they brushed it on rather than spray it? I don't know. keep that mill thickness down? Yeah,
1: but yeah. it is... I, it, I it, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that the bar is, like, three-inch thick American elm, white elm. That's beautiful. Um... Which you might like if you ever get down to New Orleans or
0: anyone gets down to New Orleans at the Roosevelt Roosevelt Hotel, there is the Cesarac Bar. Ooh. It was finished with two trees, and one tree is the entire bar, and that wraps around. It's kind of a little bit of an S wave to it, mm-hmm. and the top. And the second one is one single panel on Ooh. the wall. Well, and <laughs> it's it looks gorgeous. <laughs> Just gonna have to take a work trip to New Orleans.
1: <laughs> Research, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Figure out how to make it a legitimate business and and you know a tax write-off. Um, Not that hard, but we can go off that off mic. <laughs> <laughs> the IRS can stop listening now. Um Yeah, I don't know. I think we're kind of rambling, but
0: uh Do uh, any advice for if there's some Someone out there goes, I want to open up my own wood shop. I mean, what, what would you say to them if they're sitting in front of you going, hey,
1: you built this. Just fucking do it. Um, it's not, you're not going to make money right away. And you've got to be okay with that. Um, you know, if if you take the advice of the founders of Fat Tire Brewing, uh, they're, if I remember right. Their advice was to accept every credit card offer you get in the mail and max it out, and your passion will hopefully turn it into a successful <laughs> business that you can pay off all of that debt. Um, that's certainly to some extent how I'm financing <laughs> my uh, my shop. Um, but ultimately, like if you want to talk money, how to how to start a business with uh, real finances it's just. <clears throat> learning to live with the amount of money you can come in Um, you don't have to have the nicest fanciest machines Um, there's there's a whole plethora you know eons of woodworking with hand tools Um, and a a couple good hand tools and the patience to do it will build anything that someone with the fanciest machines can do Um, it's a hard lesson for me because I'm a tool whore Um, but there are definitely times where instead of sitting down and being like this is my challenge. I need to do this. Th- I need to make this thing. I need a new super expensive tool. How do I do it with what I've got? Um, that's how you, I, I think that's how you build success is, is not always being like, I need the biggest and the best and the newest thing to do like one project. And then I'm never going to touch it again. Um, you know, don't be discouraged by seeing all these. I am bombarded because I follow every uh, woodworking YouTube, Instagram, Hero at the moment <clears throat> um, So you see These people with all these fancy tools And all these like this is what they get to do all the time um, And you just have to accept Like you're probably going to have to do something else for money um, you, you don't you're not going to go out And buy a $4,000 table saw And a, a joiner and, and all just like the crazy Awesome hand tools Or any tools You're going to have to figure out what you've got What can you make with what you've got How can you make that thing unique to you and just make it? You start putting yourself out there and people will eventually buy it. You know, talk to people. I wouldn't I would not have started this the way I have if I hadn't talked to Lisa, my barber, while I was getting my hair cut, and said, Hey, like, I noticed that this thing is is built up on plywood. Uh, can I make you a stand for it and even though I still haven't made that stand for for her auditorium chairs uh, in her original venue uh, I did go on to make um, like a chair rail a cape rail they hang their, their barber capes from it and then um, these floating shelves for for their product shampoos and whatever else um, and hopefully I'll make some more cabinets for them to store things in um But if I hadn't had that conversation, I I wouldn't have done that, and it wouldn't have started this whole shenanigans. Um, And we'll see where it goes. So, yeah, just talk to people. Tell people you do things.
0: Perfect. Well, thanks, Ben, for coming down. Spending an evening with us, drinking some beer. My pleasure. Uh, Always. It's been fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening on this episode of Rules of the Arena. Uh, You can check out my Facebook page and Instagram at The Arena. You can also find my website, www.thearenaoutpost.com. I am running a 50% sale off all things in stock right now. Go check it out. And thank you to Blind Ninja Studios for allowing me to do this the podcast here. You can find them at blindninjastudios.com, Facebook backslash Blind Ninja Studios, and Twitter at Blind Ninja. Uh, make sure to check them out and the pod, other shows that they host. And thank you to Ben for coming down from Bl- Duck Hill Workshop. Until next time, have a great time.